Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And this week, we're bringing you Season 3, Episode 13, Taking a Break from All of Your Worries. Betray me. What did you tell them? Whether you stay behind till the grisly end on your Caprica so you could what? So you could, uh. You could feed information to the resistance. Who do you think allowed you to do that? <gasps> That's a lie. No, it's not a lie. You think I'm blind? You see, I literally had a gun. Point it to my head. But nobody forced you to play both sides. I'm willing to bet that of all of the legs and feet that have kicked a bucket or a horse or a chair out from some poor bastard, I'm willing to bet none. Were as nice as Caprica Sixes. Think of them all. As, Think of all those sultry, dirty Civil War boots when they would hang guys. All those <laughs> fucking gross racists in the thirties. Think about just it. Just kicking away stools. Those Georgia, those Georgia boys in the thirties. Think of all the stools kicked and horses smacked. Of all of them, it's got to be Caprica Six has killing, the best leg. Killing horse rustlers. <laughs> yeah, right. Man. <laughs> What the fuck, guys? In the beginning here, right? Oh, he's going boy. all, uh, he's tr- he's doing a little rendition of A Star is Born. <laughs> <laughs> well, time to Bradley Cooper it, I suppose. No, doing a little <laughs> Star is Born, are you, boy? Trying to get through tension, are you? A little belt around the neck? Oh, boy, we gotta put a spoiler warning on there now. <laughs> oh, please. Get angry emails. Hey, dice. That's why everybody loves it. It's make- hey, it's, it's out of the theater. Hey, it's, hey, ma- it's, it's a make-believe. Theater, it's a make-believe show. Make him up. It's a make him up show. You don't have to get too too bent out of shape about it. He hangs himself. Okay, it's real nice. It's a good show, but uh, yeah, I was a like, good, but dude, I was gonna most... watch that. Now you weren't. You would have already watched ah, it. You'd have watched it if you cared. Yeah, you don't really care. Oh man, that's that. By the way, that's some real grandpa shit calling a movie a show. Yeah, <laughs> some you, real yeah, grandpa shit. Yeah, you should have seen the show by now. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what you're waiting on. <laughs> Should have gone to the Roadshow Theater presentation. You know how it is. We can't wait around all day for these fucking people anymore. I'm tired of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, um, I'm back. You know, what? you know who's watch. back in the fold? Who? You know who's back in the fold? Our boy? LSG Media listeners for, um, for, <laughs> for a recommissioned. They're back. Finally. They're back. No question about you know, it. You know what it was too. We had that. We they had. Were, a, well, they were supplanted. They not, were supplanted say, by the Game of Thrones listeners. Ah, oh, there we are. See, you know, I I was gonna say we had a heart to heart, but that's not that's not quite the case. But we did have a sit down, much like Lee and D mm-hmm. sitting together, and uh, you know they they with their tears in their eyes said we we recommit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what love was until I thought I was gonna lose you. God, and we take that guilty dick. We take it. How how I'll excited were you, Matthew? How uh, excited were you, Matthew, when uh-huh. you put on your television to watch Taking a Break from All Your Worries? And what a lie. We, that, we that went title back is. to what? So what a lie that title is. We went back to um to the uh to the old the old quads up love fest. 
<laughs> oh, we're back at it again. Here we are. Yep. In the thick of it. And I really, you know what hurts the most about this episode? <laughs> how last, it teased me. <laughs> how last it week you're like, I'm sick of this. And you have I'm to watch so it again. <laughs> and it teased me with, oh, it's about to be done. It's about to finally blow up in their faces and they can move on as however sloppily and drunkily they do. They'll move on because it's totally about to implode. It's obviously going so bad. Yep. Even Sam's like, you can just go. Like, you don't have to do this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, where we go? We're, we're heading to the end. And right then on. we get... Teary-eyed Leodama. Ah, you fuck. God, he's brutal. He's just digging his own grave at this point. Just shoveling away. Uh, I'm going to tell you something right now. There is, it's it's a genetic thing. There's a, cer- <laughs> there's a certain, uh, I don't know. I guess it depends on the context. You know, if you watch a guy <laughs> do a eulogy for his father and he's a grown man and he cries, it chokes you up a little. But yeah. But I feel like there's a certain... There's something about Lee to where when he cries over a woman that he's severely mistreated, who is way out of his league, way too good for him. There's just something in me. I don't know if it is a tribal sort of epigenetic DNA recurrence, but I want to put a spear through his face. I was thinking you just went into a a baboon rage. You wanted to pick up the heaviest rock and cave his face in with it. Uh, That could work. I could definitely get into some sort of um, death by bludgeoning. Blunt force trauma, as it were. And when D cries, I go, Oh, I just want to make her feel better. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that's, Instant sympathy. That's like a that's some mammalian shit right there. <laughs> Especially know? it's really difficult when it's just cutting back and forth over the shoulder to each face, and you're like, Oh D, ah, fuck you, Lee. Oh D, ah, fuck you, Lee. But you know, okay. I don't think it's I don't think now that I consider it, Matthew, I don't think it is as instinctive as I'm claiming because I feel bad for Anders. When he's sad, I go, well, that sucks. Oh, yeah. I agree there. In fact, when he's sad, I want to turn around and put the spear right back through Lee's face again. <laughs> to pull it out and put it back in. Yep. Yep. I have more and, sympathy for Gaius than him. So, But uh, that should come as no surprise to anyone. Yeah, you're Gaius sympathizer. I am. Very, Avowed. Very much so. Um, I am a, I am a Gaius sympathizer. You know, I like the interesting characters. Fucking sue me. Jamie Lannister. <laughs> Guys, Baltar. <laughs> Here you're taking heat. Oh, you know. With, with your Jamie love. Oh, you were so naked, you dudes. Yeah, go ahead, though. There's 20 other ones you can push play on, you fucking undeserved cunts, yeah. <laughs> but how oh, are you? How boy. are you tonight? I'm good. Yeah? I'm What'd good. you think of this? <sighs> this episode. Yeah, what I struggle with is that I feel like I actually feel my instant take is this is a very good episode. Like the mm-hmm. way it's structured, uh, the the story overall, I think is is solid. Even even as it went on, and I was kind of like, this is a more of a weird pairing of storylines than I at first thought of. You know, having the whole love quadrangle issue going on with our that, those people, and then this kind of isolated uh, Gaius storyline, but they still worked. They were both very strong. But each of the storylines kind of piss me off because they're also such a tease. Such a tease. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still feel like at the end of the day, the question is still out on is Gaius or Cylon? Like, I mean, it seems like there's an answer here. It seems like we get a no. 
like that 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 is mostly definitive but that's still all vision dream ayahuasca trip in peru bullshit like i don't know <laughs> if i can really trust that like i guess and especially the opener i was like I, to be honest right after the opener and it was revealed to be you know the the vision he had as he was hanging uh you know where he saw himself resurrected in a cylon tank and when we cut away and realized it was just you know this vision as he was dying and it's not real i was like oh fuck off show cut like you can't tease me forever not this much like shit it's gotten it's getting me frustrated i'm getting sexually frustrated with the show right now i'm not a fan of i'm not a fan of the cylon bath fake out either it's a little it's a little chintzy it's a little chintzy yeah man it's getting on the nose so yeah taking a break from all your worries is an interesting episode it's the 12th one of season three so we're kind of into it now we are closer to the end now than we are to the beginning and have been for a while now and that's actually pretty exciting i am happy uh with some things that are occurring in this episode if i stop to think about this episode i think to myself not much actually happens right right it's more like it's it feels like an episode dedicated to giving doubt to the gaius haters i guess would be a way to say it because possibly his return to the fleet has to set up interesting conflict. We don't get much information. We do get some of his perspective, which I like. So that's one of the things I do like. First of all, James Callis really elevates the episode, if I'm being honest. Yeah, he's the best part of it, for sure. And I think and I think it's more just like, the, the only thing that, so nothing really happens. It's more just like we go, oh, it's interesting to hear Gaius's take on this whole thing. And it's kind right. of unfalsifiable if 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 coercion. We've talked to, to to death about this. If we're to believe he was coerced in doing it, and because he's a civilian doctor and not a fucking military colonel, that he didn't just go kill me, right? If we <laughs> right. if we take that for just what it is for just a second, and um, we how do we proceed, right? Which is one of the interesting parts of the way this whole episode unfolds, with especially especially the proposition from Adama later in the episode. We'll have to talk about that when we get to it. But yeah, man, it's um, not a ton happens. I don't know. I don't know if there is much to really say about what's going on with, with the episode because uh, in other words, I don't know how much meat there is for discussion. So I'm curious as to how this will go tonight. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a punishingly short episode, everyone. No, no, not <laughs> just as you got back on right on track. Now, <laughs> and not for any sake other than what what could we possibly what could we possibly talk about at length? We'll find out because we're gonna do what we always do. Again, we don't have production meetings about each episode. We watch them and <laughs> we take some notes and we sit down and we talk about it. So I'm definitely excited about the possibility. I'm just not sure. I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is this isn't, I'm, tr- I'm not trying to put a disclaimer. I'm, I'm more like saying I'm, I'm really academically and intellectually curious about how this will pan out. Um, so yeah, why don't we, why don't we talk a little bit about it? Uh, why don't we talk about this, just these first few minutes as we already have? Um, let's talk about the Cylon fake out and him in the tank. Mm-hmm. What's your, what do you think about this? 
Uh, to be honest, I especially by the end of the episode, um, and this is one of the times I did get to watch uh, it twice. I I interpret it as his, and he admits it really later on as his secret desire at this point to be a Cylon because I think he feels like, well, that's kind of my only op. Like, what am I among humanity now? A total fucking pariah, a prisoner, and they want me dead. That's that. Like, there's there's not a whole ton at least in this moment that he feels like he can do to repair that and so he's kind of like this is the only option he at least gets to be with uh the woman he loves you know he gets to be with six Mm -hmm. uh and so i think this is this is more of like his subconscious hope that maybe i'm a cylon that'll be okay and i can die here and wake up there and have a better life and a better existence at least what do you think of the of the she's not the one you are kind of thing what do you think about the Cylon fake out? Is it just a Cylon fake out? Is it, is it trying to, is there, I mean, he's hanging. Is, is there a metaphorical death here? Is there a new Gaius afoot? Mm, I mean, maybe a Gaius fully bought into sympathizing with the Cylons, I guess. That would be the only, that would be the only death and rebirth uh, metaphor I could imagine for this because otherwise I'm like, I, I don't know. It just seems more like a, a move out of, well, to be honest, it does bridge from the last episode pretty well because like we talked about a lot, even on the, on the podcast, that Gaius was ready to face death and oblivion to still just find out the truth. He just wanted to know the truth, wanted to know whether he was or wasn't. And that was the only question he really cared about. So if that's, if he's still at that level of just, complete and total, I'm ready to just dive in front of a truck to find out this answer, then this is what he would do. I mean, he would be very, I mean, and that's the other like kind of interesting philosophical or like ethical issue that the idea of being a Cylon or not, not knowing the only way you could truly know for sure, if you had this curiosity is to fucking kill yourself (laughs) and see if you resurrect Hmm. uh, in in a resurrection ship. But you might not. Yeah. So, Whoops! Pretty hefty uh, game you're playing there. But I, I, I interpret mostly this opening scene as his utter desperation to just know, and also his kind of more buried desire of hoping that he's a Cylon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I always thought about I thought about this a lot because he had this passing curiosity as to who the five were, but only in as it reflected as he typically is with himself he was more curious about himself but i also think there was an inkling there who are the five i think if i think gaius is aware that if he has information that his his stock within the fleet goes up his stock with the cylons goes up and that's just the way it is that's when you are not a over overly martial character when you're not a an, in the military when when you're not gonna when you're not second fiddle to when you're not gonna play second fiddle to the to roslin when you're not gonna when you're not a military man when you're not a, a Cylon influencer, it's a guy like Gaius has an interesting task set before him and how he can, on the meta sense, influence the show. What what can James Callis, what can this character do to influence the show? How it's it's a hard, it, Gaius is a challenging character to write, which is why I, I am very um, apologetic for him because from a writing standpoint, I think he's a challenging character to write to have influence. Everyone else has a very clear spot. They're either in the colonial military or they're the president. Think about that for a minute. (laughs) Gaius occupies a very singular space in this show. Not, as far as we know, a Cylon, not a member of the military, and he's not the president. Outside of the president, there's no real civilians that really impact the story. Occasionally, you get to see Tori before it was Billy, but 
they were very much sub-characters. Gaius has a, a whole major through line. So he sort of has this interesting position in the, in the meta sense, and um, if you're trying to write this, and then just as a character trying to influence, um, trying to stay alive, so to speak, trying to survive. I mean, survival is, uh, is not easy. It's a, it's a constant battle here, despite uh, sometimes what seems like soft surroundings. These people are always under threat. Oh, yeah. And also, I mean, I, I think as a meta writing issue of this too, it's got to be difficult to write for a character that you proclaim to be a genius. <laughs> sure. Like, I guarantee the people writing him aren't necessarily geniuses, not saying they're not very smart, but that's a, that's a big, that's a hefty character. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, and that's actually, that kind of leads me to one of the things I did enjoy about this episode again, seeing Gaius among all humans again, he's back to being the smartest guy in the room. Like yep. that, that's a, that's a dynamic we haven't seen in a while. Like among the Cylons, they're all, I got to imagine the Cylons are at worst on his level and probably all around smarter. I mean, and just, even, and even them, he was able to deceive. It's true. Yeah. He was still smart enough to keep up with them. I and, think and, not and as he, easily. No. And, and, but, but do you know where, do you know where he could get a wedge in? When when it was emotionally driven, which yeah, is exactly. how he was able to get over on six a few times. Now, sometimes she seems to have a knowledge that uh, is omniscient. Is that what I'm looking for? Where yeah, we're like, yeah, wait a minute, <laughs> how does she know these things? Oh, totally. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, you know, in the chat, Warboy, our boy Scott says, didn't everyone get a full pardon? How does that not apply to Gaius? Ooh, good point, Scott. Great question. If he, if he ever finds out about that happening, you know he he would bring it up. He would be like, "Well, everyone else got a pardon." Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a pretty it's a pretty fascinating idea, and it's it's a fair point. <laughs> it is a very fair point, and 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 uh, yeah, that's a I'd, I'd never even thought of that before, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, I mean, I feel like he probably has the strongest case for a pardon of like, yeah, I was the president, therefore I was the most identifiable representative human to the Cylons, and they had a literal gun to my head for basically everything. Like, what choice did I have? Right, right. It was it was sign this, do this, or die. I, I, I kind of want to bring that old topic back up a little bit because I think it's I think it's I think it's very important, um, especially as it relates to some of the the Gaius interrogation. Um, but but maybe I should put a pin in that for just a second, and we should just talk a little bit about Lee because I want to talk about the really cool set of the bar. Ah, uh, yeah, the uh, the bar and the hangar. Joe's it's bar. so cool the way they made that. I love that set. I I just think that's cool. That makes me feel like I'm watching you know Fringer Space Show. It, it's <laughs> it's true. you know it's got this expanse thing to it. I just I, that's just so cool, man. Could be a firefly bar. Yeah, that's what. That's just awesome. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to go back and forth on, on all the cuts. I just want to say I really love the moment where Chief, where, where Lee says, "Do you ever, do you ever say what if?" And Chief just says, "No, mm-hmm. never, Chief. No." <laughs> I gotta say, I don't believe him <laughs> for sure. I, I do. You do. I do, and I think because I think the point is this. I think I think there's a pa- a passing fancy, but I also think there's a what what Lee is trying to get from him is like Lee sitting around and really thinking about it versus oh look at oh oh, oh there she is and having a pants passing fancy versus being in your like your punk and thinking about it right and I think well and I also I oh, guess what I'm trying well, to say ahead. is that is is I guess my point in saying this is I like. 
I like that he won't indulge Lee in this because I think he's trying to make Lee make a point, which is to make a choice. Because I think the difference between the chief and Lee is that if the chief has a passing, I'm sure the thought enters his mind. I think it's outrageous to assume it doesn't, but I don't think the what if is something he really entertains. And I think because of his marriage with Callie and that he loves her, despite the fact that they had an off-camera fight, which I thought was kind of neat, and the fact that, you know, he, he has a kid and shit with her, he's, he's, you would call Chief happy with Callie. He is, he's secure in his choice. He committed, said his goodbye. Yeah. He's committed. He doesn't wistfully, uh, you know, indulge in these fanciful ideas, which is precisely what Lee is doing. And I like how the Chief doesn't really give him that. Right. And see, the, 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 basically the way I interpret it, which is not really all that different in truth, um, but was more like, Lee looking, you know, probing around to be like, you, you, you know, you would maybe make a different decision, right? Like you, everybody, that, yes, kind of, yes. it's normal to feel this he way. He wants right? to be validated. Yes. Right. And I think, I, I think the truth is that, yeah, Chief of course has thought about that before. He probably still does every now and then think about it, sure. but that's it. He thinks about it. He, and he's committed to what he's actually committed to. It's mm-hmm. a passing thought for him. Whereas for Lee, it's an overwhelming, per- paralyzing temptation that he can't get past. And I think, I think you're right if, as far as like uh, the chief's response being a, not him hiding his truth. Like I think he, I think in a different environment, if they were like out working together sober, he might be like, yeah, I think about it sometimes, but you know, it's just, it's the past and I've moved on. But in this moment where they're drinking together and you can tell he's just trying to like probe at him, he's like, no. I don't, I'm not, I see what you're trying to get out of me and I'm not going to let you off the hook like that. Yeah. It's funny you say it that way because I thought to myself, what he's saying when he says no is, is what you just said, but it's better and more realistic writing for him to just say no and to keep his thoughts to himself. Right. (laughs) Pound his whiskey and walk away. Right. A shittier writer's like, no, I don't. I mean, yeah, but blah, 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 blah. People don't do that. (laughs) They just go, no, like all those thoughts enter their head and they just say no. Right. You're right. drunk. I'm not entertaining this. I'm out of here. I'm not, you're, no, I'm not going to validate you. Right. 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 Yeah. I and, I, and I, and I like that a lot. Um, sh- should we just sort of wrap up the Lee shit? Dude. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Let's <laughs> just fucking plow through this. Plow through it. Plow on through. All right. Well, I, lo- I, I enjoy Lee taking Chief to the bar for the first time, giving him a little treat. I'm like, that's nice. That's that's about the most joy I got out of this storyline uh, in this episode because the rest of it is pretty much the same tortured Lee and Starbucks Please. drama and Lee fucking taking D for granted and like treating her like shit. That's pretty much that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. He's not being honest with her. I would like to read a comment from Julie Harad Katulak. Mm. She says, this episode would have been so much better without watching Lee try to gaslight D. At <laughs> least Kara is pretty honest with her husband. She's still treating her their marriage like toilet paper, but at least she knows, at least he knows where he stands. That is True. a really fucking good point. And that's I think that's, that's the lack of sympathy I'm feeling for just about everyone in this case. I have the least amount of sympathy for Lee, uh, and, and, then, and then it goes up to you know Kara and then it goes up to Anders and then it goes up to D right that's kind of my yeah. my hierarchy of feelings for this whole thing and and there is an honesty to Kara that there just isn't with Lee and 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 that's something that has just always been admirable admirable about her 
Um, when she says she doesn't know, I believe she doesn't know. When she tells Lee, oh, I have no problem cheating with you, but I'm not getting a divorce, she's being very honest with Lee. And yeah. and Anders is an interesting character. Boy, here's a guy that really knows his wife and supports her enough to where he is treating this in a very civil manner. This is a... This is, uh, some guys wouldn't do that. And it doesn't make the guys who wouldn't be this way wrong. It means they just have a different set of standards, a different thing that they're willing to accept or not, or they're willing to entertain. And, uh, and, and it's interesting because I don't look at Anders like a sucker. And that's one of yes, the things I, I like agree. about this. He's not like some poor schlep who's like this gross fat guy at home. You know, he's, he isn't, he, he, he's definitely not that. He could cut a swall of destruction through colonial ass if he wanted to. <laughs> and he and he's very familiar with who Kara is. And he's willing to give it a shot. But he's also kind of getting to the point where he's like, listen, this is, this is we're, we're going to go this way or we're not going to go this way. And I actually right. think D is the same way too. Although D is a little bit more allowing Lee to kind of get away a little bit more. But she's starting to, as, as we see when Lee stumbles home drunk in this episode, she's... She's kind of zinging him and it's a little passive aggressive and he's drunk, but it's kind of getting to the point where she's just like, this is a fucking crock of shit. And, yeah. and Lee has the audacity to say, you don't trust me. And it's because she can see right through him. Yeah, and knows she that, shouldn't. Right. She shouldn't. She can see right through him. She knows that he doesn't know. I, I think there is, I think Lee is being as much, I think he is deceiving himself as much as he's deceiving D. I don't think Lee is a sociopath. I don't think he's trying no. to deceive her to hurt her. Those Even after all this, I don't think he's a bad guy. Right. But I think he's a very, he's just, he's not brave enough to be honest. Correct. He's not brave enough to be honest with himself, and thereby he's not brave enough to be honest with anyone else, especially D. And she knows it, and it's sad, and she feels shitty. And there there is that part of this type of relationship dynamic, which is, Lee truly believing in that emotional moment, looking at, you know, his beautiful wife who he's caused this pain to and truly thinking, no, this is bullshit. I, I know, but he's also defensive and that's rough. Like, I don't, I think he's also kind of being shitty and she's like, this isn't a marriage. It's a lie. And, and mm -hmm. he's just not as ready to accept it as she is, which is super ironic because he's the one running around. Right. And that's, you know, the, the biggest, the most glaring difference between, you know, the two couples and especially the two guys, um, is that I, for one, I'd argue that, uh, Anders respects and loves Starbuck a hell of a lot more enough to be like, look, if you really love this person, you should go be with them. Like I, I care about you enough to say that I want you to be happy and I don't want to be just in a fucking miserable purgatory relationship with you. So it can end. That's mm -hmm. okay. Go, go be with this person you you love, and will make you happy. Because I care enough about you to to wish that for you. Mm -hmm. and, and enough about myself. I have the right, self respect to not indulge in this anymore. Exactly. And that's where Anders is getting too, because he's like, "Look, I'm out of here." Yeah, it's fucking fair. <laughs> it's just absolutely where they fair. should both be. Mm -hmm. um, and the the problem with Lee, the real thing that, that that's going on between him and D is that. He is a, I mean, he half admits it when he's talking to Starbuck at one point where he's like, well, you know, if we leave our, our spouses, how do I know you're not just going to change your mind about that the next day again? Which is like, honestly, a fair point. Mm -hmm. However, the truth, the unspoken truth here is that, so are you sticking around? You don't want to break it off with D completely. 
as a backup. Like you, you just don't want to be alone and you want to make sure things, yeah, D's still there, right? I can still go back to that if this blows up in my face. I don't want to quite let go of that my safety net yet. Like that's how he's treating her. She's just a fucking refrigerator wife just waiting back home. Like, oh, you're still here, right? Okay, cool. I have something to smash. And coming up like, next that, week that's on, really awful. And coming up next week on W187LSG's Love and Relationship Advice, we're going to have Love Dean connection. and Matthew coming on in. 187LSG <laughs> Media, www. Come on in and join us. Who do we got on the line next? Yeah. Ooh, I got so, my pungent tea and my stinky sandals on. Um, so a couple of questions in the chat. Do you think maybe he's confused and unsettled about New Caprica? I think he hasn't bought into the whole thing yet. I mean, I just don't get his personal self-destruction. A lot of that coming from Justin. Um, what do you think about using it as self-destruction? Self-destruction's kind of a thing, and, and it could be a thing coming oh, yeah. from a man who has faced death more than once. It's possible that, um, it's possible, you know, there, there is something to be said for, there, there, sometimes it's self-destruction and sometimes it's really kind of just like utter fear. There is some people really struggle. They they don't know what what you and I what 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 let's just say a well adjusted socially person is comfortable in things that are typically that are that are typically just considered universally comfortable or universally something we do. So for example, we might take for granted going to somebody's birthday party, right? Some people right. are like that's the bane of my existence. I couldn't do it. And, and, and I think it's, and I think this is something we see with Lee, like he's, he had always had this tough time with his father. He, he's always had this conflict with Starbuck. And as soon as he starts to settle into this normalcy with somebody like D and he sees D with Kara, I think, I think Lee's problem is, I think he just sees what he considers normal kind of slipping away. Right. I think for him to settle down with D what we would go, oh, that's awesome. Good girl. You guys are good for each other. You're both smart. She's awesome. It's normal. You don't have to deal with like the bullshit and the drama. Some people are not comfortable with the comfort. They're more comfortable in the discomfort because that's what they've come to know. That's some yeah. fucking therapy shit right there. <laughs> that's the True. truth. That people are comfortable in discomfort. And when with things get know. to quote, normal comfort level, they start to fucking destruct and they don't know how to handle it. And, um, and there's a real fear there. It's, it's pretty wild. It's, it's, um, it's, I don't think it's as simple as saying they're masochistic. I think it, I don't think it is. I think it's, you know, it's, you hear about this with people in the military. They're like, oh, I have to, I love being overseas. I like the normalcy of that. I like the routine of this. I don't know how to go to my aunt's birthday party. I don't know how to behave there. Right. That's, I, that's I need to be back in the barracks. Say. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's, yeah. and, and it's, you know, you hear prison people. My, my, my younger brother went through this shit. He cannot exist out fucking inside the can until he gets his shit together. Not Jake, of course. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like the, the routine in the normalcy keeps him fucking straight. You know, it's, it's yeah. weird that the, some people are not, don't know how to deal with the freedom of normal. It's, it's really interesting. And there, and that's, and I think a lot of it, I think a lot of that is deep psychological trauma and issues that they do not confront and all this other shit. And I, and I'm not saying Lee's so damaged, but 
I mean, we got to remember he's a combat veteran. He's seen a bunch of people die. Oh yeah. He see we we have to remember he's almost died a couple times. Hundreds of nukes have annihilated. I mean, all these people have gone through trauma. That's something we've talked about before. And Lee's yeah. no different. And and it's possible the normalcy of it all just kind of freaked him out. And when he saw Kara slipping away with a taller, handsomer man, I think he was like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. And I think and it's also I think he's probably one of those people who's scared of a possibility closing off where you're like, oh, that's that, you know, you you kind of existed a, a life for a while where like, oh, that's a possibility. Maybe it's always a maybe if I want to pursue it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now it's going to be definitively closed off for me and I'm in a panic. Sure. Yep. I could definitely see him reacting that way about Kara. Yeah, for sure. I think I think there's a lot. I don't know if there's any one truth there. It's possible that, that a bunch of those things we discussed are all part of the part of the the human soup that is Lee's brain. You know what I mean? <laughs> the murky stew. The murky stew. But um, yeah, it's you know he's he's having his fucking moments and and he seems to be the most ill ill equipped emotionally because by the end of the episode where Anders and Starbuck are laughing and drinking. He's sitting there with his fucking face, man. Go, stop <laughs> crying at the go home. Have some fucking <laughs> dignity. Get out of there. Uh, You're probably wearing flip flops too. Be a fucking adult. Put your shoes on and go back to your bunk and cry like a man. And honestly, the one moment from D that actually kind of annoyed me, she had her chance, man. She had that moment there to basically say the same shit Chief did. No. Mm-hmm. When he was like, take me back. Give me this other chance. I realized that I was going to love you, that I could right. love you that, once you were going to leave. Blah, blah. Yeah. No. No, man. This is done. This is You had your chance. Yeah. <sighs> and she didn't. Yep. And that's because he poured it on. He laid it on thick. She felt bad. Oh, my sweet crybaby boy. I always fall for him when he sheds the tears. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard because I, I think there's this moment where He's just honest enough to really, to really hook her. Right. Honest about his, what he's actually feeling, not about what's causing it. That's what I'm what saying. The, the, the future is, but how he feels in this moment. Yeah, he's honest. Right. But, and, um, and it's, and you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to throw away a relationship. And I think that's his problem is oh, I sure. think he's saying, uh, I realize, you know, where I'm at here. And, and, uh, it's, it's tough, man. Ugh. Ugh. And it's just going to keep going. It's just going to keep going on this fucking show. Man, she is gorgeous. <sighs> it's annoying. It's, it's annoying. annoying. Um, Jay Curry says he, tried to, he, he, he tries to totally Chris Brown Rihanna. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, Rihanna reports, uh, is it Rihanna? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Rihanna reports that. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, great lay. Nice. Yeah. Good for you, Leo. Damn, Leo smashed Rihanna fucking kick yeah, ass. That nice. was uh that was uh I heard that on a podcast. That was a Rihanna <laughs> quote. I hope it's uh, I hope I'm not spreading like allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. In the rumor mills of Hollywood. There you go. <laughs> and it just goes to show you you can have a dad bot and, and still smash. And still smash it up. Good um, job. Well well done, Lee. But um so where do we think we go from here with these two characters before we kind of get to the real meat of this episode? Mm, with uh, Starbuck and Lee? Yeah, I think we see, I think it ends with Starbuck and Anders banging whiskey, right? That's it. Drinking back some more whiskey. And the other two, and like, so, uh, sad silhouette lips oh, rubbing together. 
God, a couple of sad sacks. And they're both still making eyes at each other, still looking over each other. Um, what's interesting, like we've been saying, is it seems like, at least the impression I get, is that uh, Kara and Sam are going to be okay in the sense of, like, they're not going to hate each other. Like, they might mm-hmm. actually still be able to be friends and, like, have a mature adult friendship post this whole situation. Um and I'm like that. That'd be good. That'd be nice. Like, I, and it would also be a cool way to keep. Like, one thing I actually I've been worried about with, you know, even though I wanted this whole situation to resolve in this episode and be kind of done with, I have been worried about what's the future of Anders as a character on this show if him and Starbuck break off. And I think with him handling it more maturely, I'm like, this might actually keep him around on the show for for longer too, mm-hmm. which I would be happy about. Like, I didn't want him to just fade into the background when he's not, you know. Uh, Kara's yep. husband. Absolutely, um, yeah. And it kind of seems like they're setting it up for be like, no, he will still be a decent person and be a part of the cast and and be a part of the story and him and Kara can get along. With D and, and Lee's situation, especially with them kind of, you know, half-assedly coming back together again and we all know it's still doomed and it's obviously not working. I mean, the last thing we, the true last thing we see is Lee and Starbuck making eyes at each other from their respective positions at the bar. Um, so the situation with Lee and, and D, I'm like, you guys are going to hate each other. She's going to hate you, at, at least. Like, I, I can't imagine this <clears throat> being just resolved into something amenable. Like, it's going to be rough. I could see her being a professional, though, on the Galactica, at least. Oh, yeah. Job-wise, yeah. But yeah. Uh, having wanting to have nothing to do with him beyond that. Well, yeah, I, and I couldn't blame her for that. <laughs> Nope. So they've made a decision that they're going to keep Baltar alive one way or the other because apparently he tried to kill himself. So they talk feeding tubes. Uh, they talk. Yeah, he's been hunger striking. He, mm-hmm. They're also depriving him of sleep, evidently. We don't, they don't really say how, but I imagine I don't know if they're blasting music in his cell. Or... <laughs> well, in the beginning, as he's nodding off, they show the Marine bang on the glass to wake him back up. That's true. That is true. Um, so we do we see a little bit of that, I guess, but not not a ton. Enough to where we go, okay, sure, that's fine. But um, yeah, they're they're talking about they want him cogent. I don't. We don't want him to starve, right? That's what they're all discussing here. Oh yeah, they they still want information from him. And to be honest, I mean that that makes a lot of sense as far as like, all right, you just got your former president back from the Cylons. He's been who he's spent God, I guess several months with at least uh, something in that range. So they are wanting to scoop information out of him for sure. It makes sense that it they would make sense. Yeah, that they would see him as like this high value interrogation person. And I also I get the impression that it is not like wide public knowledge that Baltar is back and on their ship. Like that's that's kind of a secret, isn't it? Say that last part again, sorry. I I it's I kind of interpret it as Gaius being back aboard the Galactica is not super widely known across the whole ship or especially the fleet. Like it's kind of a, an upper echelon secret, which is is why like Roslyn and Adama and Ty are like handling all the interrogation shit. Personally. Yeah, yeah. Based on the way they had him in the bag and stuff, I think they were trying to keep it a right. secret. How well they keep it a secret is uh, is yet to be determined. We know that. At times, there seems to be intelligent sieves on the Galactica. <laughs> it is true, but um, yeah. So we we are they have some plans for him, and we have this scene. Ah, they didn't need to do a flashback, man. We remember <laughs> handing the glasses ah. to him when oh, Rosalind goes right. to see him in the uh, brig. That's it. Goes to try and get something out of him. Yep, she's trying to measure him up a little bit, and uh, yeah, it's. 
She's oh, delighting. Yeah, we, she's delighting in the list. Don't let her fool you. <laughs> we also we didn't talk about the the first time when uh, Gaeta comes and is trying to talk to him. That's how they find him. You know, hanging and everything because Gaeta right, had right. tried to come down and talk to him, and he lied and said he had direct presidential orders to come be there. Yeah. What? But what? He, what is it we believe he went to harm Gaius? Is this is this true? Do what I know that comes up later and uh had he not gone in there, he it's possible Gaius may have died, but this comes back to that omniscience of six possibly knowing he was going to be saved or whatever. The timing of some of her things seems dubious. <laughs> but oh, yeah. um but yeah, it's um also the, the Marines doing CPR and then he's like I'm going to go get Coddle. You should went and get Coddle first. <laughs> right or any doctor or any 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 type of medic or core man i guess they call him in the navy but um yeah a- anyway Rosalind questions him on this mm-hmm. what do you think about I her have... just saying what what were you doing <laughs> just, right right and i mean she i i feel like with Rosalind too she's already at this point of i essentially don't believe anything you're gonna tell me um which is why I, probably the most with gata you like, mean oh. Oh, you're talking about Gata? I thought you're yeah. talking about her. Oh, oh, you mean when when Adama and and Rosalind were talking to Gata? Well, Adama, yeah, because we went back to Gata, and then I was just kind of oh, reminiscing right. about when she asks Gata, "Why did you go to see him?" What, what did you think about that question? Oh, I mean, it's a fucking legit question because she knows. I mean, hell, the guard says it has to be direct presidential orders to have access in here, and she knows that she didn't give him fucking access like that. That that they're keeping that as contained as possible, um, and so I think yeah, she already at this moment was like, mm, you, you weren't coming down here just to talk to him. Yeah. It's interesting. <clears throat> and it's, and it's believable. I mean, we saw how extreme his animosity toward, uh, Gaius was by the end of Newt Caprica. Yeah. So, um, I, I like Danny away. Fouch's answer in the chat. He says, I don't think Gata knew why he went there. I, I agree. I think there's True. a part of Gata that's always had a, a quote hero worship of of Gaius uh he's always kind of looked up to him and it's no surprise that he was in the position he was in when Gaius was on New Caprica which is uh, a pretty interesting and alarming point that Gaius makes about Gaeta which we'll talk about right which is the I didn't have a choice you did nobody held a gun to you kind of thing mm-hmm. but um yeah it, it's it's um the connection between these two men has always been clear Gaeta an intellectual man uh, has always looked up to uh, to Gaius, who has always been um, intellectually superior to him, which is funny because we always look at Gaeta as very smart and competent. And then it, it's almost like there's an aloofness to Gaius's intelligence, which is so beyond Gaeta's, it's almost hilarious. It, it, we forget about that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But I think, you know, as much, I actually do agree with, with Danny because we see... Uh, Gator just wake up in his quarters kind of frustrated and then just get dressed and go uh, to his quarters. So, yeah, I agree with the fact that he probably didn't know exactly what he was going to do or say or ask when he got there. But uh, it's definitely out of wrath <laughs> still. Like, he is, he was not going to have some pleasant conversation. Yep. Uh, Patrick's reminding us in the chat that they almost gave Gator the airlock over Guys' missteps. Indeed, that is true. That's they, a good point. they being the the little sort of coalition of vengeance, not not the upper leadership per se. But uh, Ty was part of that, and I don't think Ty was in the room when they asked Ada. Uh, at least I don't. I'm not. I don't recall. But uh, it's good to see those two working together again after he almost got <laughs> airlocked by him. <laughs> That's true. It was real close. But um, this is funny because you know 
I don't... I, I like the Rosalind character. You know I do. I always have. I think there's a lot of interesting things about her. I think she's got a lot of growth over time. I think she thinks she's smarter than she is when it comes to the likes of manipulating Gaius. Yeah. I mean, she... I, I do feel like she has... We've talked about this some before, like her perspective of Gaius. I think she has it's a, a little, pretty... It's a little... It might be compromising her 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 judgment. I agree. I think she has a little bit of an uncharitable take on him, but at the same time, I think oftentimes her suspicions are correct. Like she she's good at predicting what he will do, but she's not good at understanding why. Like I think she she kind of attributes the worst possible malicious intent to him mm-hmm. kind of instinctually, which is bad. Like I I think you're right. Like I think that does compromise her judgment a little bit. She's just kind of constantly biased with Gaius. Um, but at the same time, I think a lot of times she's been one of the few people to kind of have sniff out the right things about him when he is being a little shady, right. even though she doesn't fully understand it. Uh, I like this, this exchange. I like the I like where where we kind of get down to brass, brass tacks here, which is you know the 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 feeding tube is nothing compared to the to the horror inflicted upon those in in in, in Rosalind uses the very direct direct pronoun. Your jails, mm-hmm. my jails, not my jails. I like that he doesn't give her. You know, that's that's a. It's very interesting. That's a that's a debate tactic, right? You you what what she's doing is she's setting a forth a premise that right. once you accept, right? This this reminds me of the old Dick Cheney thing where. They were like, you know, was it Dick Cheney? I think it was Dick Cheney or Colin Powell when they were asking him about how the war was going. They're like, you know, with the way the war is going badly, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I don't accept the premise of your question, which is that the war is going bad. <laughs> right. So he, he's like, we're at a, we're kind of at an impasse. So if you want to restructure your question, you can. But otherwise, I'm not agreeing to the terms of this debate. Right. 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 And it's and it's smart because because you're already you're already underwater if you do. And if he was like, I didn't have it, like he, 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 he doesn't reflexively react emotionally and get defensive. He says, not my jails, very matter of factly. Right. And that's, S- to be honest, jails, he says. And I'm, as much as I'm sure Rosalind is not the only one to, to see a lot of, you know, pitch a lot of blame uh, toward Gaius about the whole situation on New Caprica. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the president, that's true, but it is... You got to think if it was anybody else, anyone other than Gaius. I mean, probably um, our boy Zarek would have been, you know, uh, shady if he were president as well. But outside of those two, anybody else as president probably wouldn't have been as suspected, at least by Roslyn, of collusion with the silence. I think most, because it's, it's pretty bizarre when you think about it, that a human president, when they get overwhelmed by the, the, the enemy that has tried to completely crush them out of existence, they get overwhelmed, taken over, occupied by them, and then people blame the human leader uh, for, for the atrocities that happen after that. You're like, you've got to, you, you would have to think that, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of collusion, but there's always a gun in their back. Mm-hmm. Always. I yeah, mean, it's th- like, it's because you of his reputation. Right. It's because of his reputation. He he's not always honest. He is definitely selfish. We've established all these things throughout the series. I think it's I think it's her general her in, in, in Adama's and Ty's general disposition towards him. Um you know, if uh, if the French president surrenders and uh, the Germans occupy France and bad things happen, people don't then go, it's all of the French president's fault and, and we are going to lock him up and we're going, you know, right? Especially 
which was a really great moment where he's like, you don't think I knew about the resistance? <laughs> right. Right. Like, you think I'm blind? You don't think I knew what was going on? You don't think I could have done something about it? Is basically what he's saying without having to say it because it's not shitty writing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's an interesting take. It's an interesting moment for for him to say, look, I, I witnessed nothing at the temple. I don't know of the Cylon plans. He, he's making it pretty clear that... Uh, I you 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 think I was some guy who went over there and clanked champagne mugs together and right. and maniacally folded my hands and thought of ways I could make life miserable for all the humans and I lived just simply guilt free uh, up there and, and had parties every night and had sex with six. I mean, right. one of those things is true. He had sex with six a lot of times, probably. <laughs> but um, you right. could see it was pretty clear. It was pretty clear where you could see him being like, oh, okay, um, I'm not happy about this. This sucks. I'm getting guns pointed in my head. I'm getting roughed up. And he just didn't have the moral conviction to kill himself. Um, he, that was not in the cards for him. Right, right. And, you know, one thing it just did dawned on me again, just thinking about it all, especially with, like, Rosalind's, like, hostility towards him. We do have to remember that Rosalind is the person who, after her her cancer diagnosis back on Caprica, she had that memory of sitting outside and actually seeing Baltar with Six. And they now, you know, she recognizes that that is a Cylon model. Um, so she still sees everything as connecting back to this. And so that that that's her only bit of hard evidence of I saw you with a Cylon back on Caprica before the attacks even happened. So if you end up as president and then we had the Cylon occupation happen right on top of it, there must be some kind of collusion going on. You must have been conspiring with them at some level, which mm-hmm. is not an insane premise. You're like, okay, knowing if you know only what Rosalind knows – it's pretty. It's a fair conclusion to come to, or at least a, a fair suspicion to hold on to. Sure. Um, but again, I think I think like we've been saying, a big part of it is how much she is is harping on just his character and how much she just doesn't like him as a person. Adds to her suspicion always. She's never going to give him any benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And she says, uh, "Did you have high level clearance? Sure. Tell me about it. Did you did you let somebody in the defense mainframe? Right. And this is this is going back to all that stuff, right? Yeah." Way back. Way back. But this is where she starts, this is where she goes from rhetor- being being rhetorical and, and sort of asking questions to really trying to intimidate guys into the truth, which also right. is not going to work on guys. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy who's on a base star who at any moment could get killed. That's true. I, I, I honestly think he likes his chances better with the humans. Yeah. I mean, he even says it. He's like, I, I, as much as I hate to admit it, I do feel like I owe these people a debt of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they got me out of there. I'm back. Yep. But, dude, it's a great moment that when, when Rosalind starts to pose these questions about his security clearance, about who he could have told about that, you know, clearance or could have been using him, even Head Six is like, ooh, be careful. <laughs> hey, hey, be real careful right now. She's, mm-hmm. she's on to you. Because right. I mean, I think that's that's an important kind of meta thing to keep in mind about the show. The it's not what Head Six says all the time, or when she you know is talking to him and how she acts. It's when she appears, like what prompts her appearance to to Gaius. And I think a lot of times it's when the heat is at the highest and it's close to him, uh, where maybe he even doesn't realize how close it is. She comes into her mind like, "Be careful here," right? 
Um, they're asking, these torture tactics don't produce results, right, in the chat. And I was just kind of typing back, you know, probably not. There are no answers. And it's not even that. It's more like she's looking for an abs, like a, like for, for him to sort of throw himself on her altar and just say, yes, I'm a terrible person. I did horrible things. Because, because I think at the end of the day, the, the struggle they're having here is, is there, there is, there is a part of you that gives pause to just airlocking him. And, and there are reasons for that. And, you know, they, part of them wants to hear him admit his wrongdoings and, He's just like, I yeah. didn't collude. I, I didn't. In in the genocide of my own people, I that's that's not what I did. I didn't do it. And she just she's like, Look, here are these families. They were uh they were gunned down, right? And I'm like, Why would you still have those pictures? Why show them to me, you weirdo? He says, I'm responsible <laughs> and she just says, throwing the pictures at him. And yeah. and yeah, there there's I don't know, man. There is a part of me that 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 believes that. He believes what? That he isn't responsible for that. Because, oh, because, I mean, yeah, he's not. because if <laughs> be, the, the reason he isn't is because if Gaius wasn't, well, you could almost argue if Gaius wasn't there, the humans probably would have been eradicated. But outside, although they would have got some resistance from like the Sharons and the Sixes, right? Right. But, yeah. But I think, I think, I think these things happen whether Gaius is there or not. That's what's interesting about the Gaius's predicament, right? Mm. Some people are quite ready to crucify him and say he is responsible for all of it because he didn't. He didn't, he, you know, he didn't resist. He didn't take his own life. He didn't do whatever. It wouldn't have saved those people. So they would have all been dead plus him. And now you don't have a guy who's pretty fucking smart, who is possibly trying to insulate you from the damage. Because at the end of the day, that's the disadvantage that, that Adama, Ty, and Rosalind have is they don't really know. Right. They don't really know. And that's what's keeping Gaius alive. They don't really know. And the truth is, there's nothing really to know. Yeah. All they know is that he was there. He was the president, and he was among them, and he was, you know, among and in the presence of all these, the higher-up Cylons. Right. So so they uh, they just then go to the, not that crazy of an assumption, but still an assumption of, well, he must have been involved in something. He must have known about what was happening. Maybe he could have done more to stop it. Maybe he enabled it. We don't know, but he was in the room. That's that's all they know. This is another point in the chat. Um, escape go for the Cylons. It's possible that they were trying to, not that I think they care, but because I don't think the Cylons care to be to be innocent in the eyes of the humans. But pay, maybe with it, maybe among the Cylons, they could have thought of guys that way. But I don't know if we really saw that too much. You know, I don't think this. The Cylons really care if the humans judge them for their treatment of the people in New Caprica. I think right. they've made yeah, that. I don't think so. I don't think they care, but it's possible the the sixes or the or the threes or the eights, right? That's Sharon Bowman Indiana. It's possible that there was some part of them which was like, well, it's guys doing, but no, because they always sort of threatened guys, especially Diana. She's like, oh, you don't have information for us. Well. Well, you know, I just thought, you know, Justin might have actually been saying more that it was Gaius pushing to go ahead and land on New Caprica and start colonizing it. And maybe people blame that okay. choice to to locate themselves on a, a planet again and be more vulnerable as oh, that what's what that's what put us in the position to be, you know, occupied. Sure. And 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 the reality is is there was a million there was a bunch of the fleet who wanted that. Yeah, some didn't, exactly. some didn't. It's, hey, it's not like well, he was a dictator who just said, this is what we're doing. Everyone's like, no, boo. And he's like, arrest them. <laughs> you know, he had a big, he had a, a, a huge yeah. buy-in. He had a huge buy-in. He didn't have to have fucking political dissidents disappear in vans and shit. He's not. <laughs> a, right. Yeah. That's some silent know. shit. 
<clears throat> yeah, he's not a, yeah, that's some fucking, that's, you know, Rosalind shit, you know? Subverting guys <laughs> Throw like- Throw that baby out of the airlock. Subverting guys like Zarek. But, um, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm just being an asshole. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, there, there is, um, it, it is a, it's an interesting predicament because I think, oh, by the way, if only the colonial fleet had somebody who might've been working very closely with Gaius that perhaps could give them information about what happened. Oh, there Wait, is. What? His name is Gaeta. <laughs> yeah, Did they ever it. actually interrogate Gaeta? That's a good point. I mean, if you want so much of, if you want all these answers, there was a guy shoulder to shoulder with him. Well, now, I mean, at, so, at so, the end of the, so let me just honest, say this. That means let's pretend that Gata was debriefed and we just never saw it. All we right. saw was the, the little vengeance circle. And, and what got Gata off is, is the chief, number one, in, in the fact that he had, that he was also helping the resistance. But if we're to believe guys knew about the resistance, which he says he does, there's no reason for us to know he didn't know. How else would he have known? He didn't have this information coming over. He knew, right? So I guess what That's I'm true. trying to say is that if you didn't get your answers from Gata, I mean, it, it might tell you something. Gata probably wasn't just like, oh yeah, he did all these terrible things, absolutely. Because I don't think they would need to ask guys these questions. So maybe they didn't get the answers they wanted from Gata either in their post-mission briefing that we never saw off camera. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. But I, but I also feel like the heart of what they're trying to get out of um, Gaius in this episode is both the initial attack that kicked off the, the, the whole war, you know, the, the Cylon surprise attack on the colonies, and then his time with the Cylons aboard their ships. Um, it seems like it seems like Roslyn's the only one who's really hung up on, especially trying to like punish him with pictures of the the, the you know devastation on New Caprica, mm-hmm. as if he didn't know about anything, and trying to break him with that guilt. Um, but at the end of the day, the information they they want to get seems like they want to they want to find out the Cylon intentions and what the Cylons learned um, mm-hmm. from the you know, the Eye of Jupiter more than anything else. So I'm like, I guess they're they're assuming. Well, he must have that knowledge as well. They they have a lot of assumptions with Gaius. They're like, well, Correct. he was there, so he must know. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Eric Erica, I'm sorry, I'm trying to read in the chat. Maybe get a lie about what he knew. Absolutely, that's very possible. Um, yeah, it's it's too bad we didn't get an official an official statement from Gaeta about his time with Gaius. Yeah. Erica, yeah. sorry, Jesus Christ. Yeah, when, when they declassify the new Caprica papers, we're going to finally get the truth, baby. Yeah, Loose baby. change. <laughs> but we go through this whole thing. I mean, she drags him through the 9-11 memorial, right? <laughs> it's true. It is true. And he finds a picture of his old lab assistant. I introduced him to his wife. He was my lab assistant for three years. Mm-hmm. I would never harm him. Yeah, but she's like, and oh, honestly, you sent him to their deaths. And it's it's funny, like, part of me part of me just wants to say, guys, like, I, I don't understand the utter distrust and outright hatred you harbor for the Cylons, their duplicity, their everything about the Cylons that we know through three seasons and 12 episodes, through what we've seen all of these characters endure, to the fact where they barely trust Sharon, Right. Uh, to right. where they immediately lock up six when she's when she's aboard. What what what? How can you not? There's cognitive dissonance here. Do you see what I'm saying? How can you not apply that same type of manipulative, nasty, brutal way that they behave and not think that guys was victimized by that as well as you guys? 
How can you right. for a second think they give a fuck about him any more than any one of you people? And there aren't, and there, and there isn't a plan, a deeper plan here. It, it, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's it's like Gaius made like three critical fail charisma rolls over the course <laughs> of three months, and now no matter what kind of in, situation he's in, nobody I can don't trust s- him. Yeah. Correct. And and yes, I'm not saying to trust him. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time. You know, again, it's like extreme thinking with Gaius all the time. I'm, I often find myself trying to draw people to the middle of some of these things if we stop and just think about it for a minute, right? And um, right. that's that's kind of how I feel here with Gaius. Like, do we do you don't act like you don't know what the Cylons are capable of and what they do? You don't even know their fucking technology. How do you know what they've done to this guy? You don't understand. And Gaeta gave you nothing. Like what? And Gaeta's working on the CIC. He got a pardon. Yep. And I'm not saying he it's did. bad writing. I'm just saying it's it's like, come on. Like, look, what are you doing? Yeah. They just have a special, you know, and I think a big part of it is, you know, it's been a while since we've gotten to talk about this, but him having been a known figure before. He was a famous person. He was it's that, know, on television. It's that fucking cancer dream, dude. That That what? is really fucking with her. <laughs> her cancer dream? Yeah, yeah, man. It absolutely is. Absolutely is. But- I think even just the larger perception of, of Baltar, it's not like these people all got to know him once he was on you know, Galactica. They knew him before that. He was famous in, in, the, in the colonies and this known scientist and kind of already known as like the playboy scientist and womanizer. Absolutely. And like had this reputation. So that's always there following him. And then he goes on to eventually become the president. So I, I do, I, I can kind of give them a little leeway as far as like they direct I think that's kind of goes back to like what Justin was saying too, as far as like scapegoating Gaius. He has been such a singular figure among all of them, even the president, that I think they do kind of want to dump all their their just frustration about not understanding the Cylon plan and and hating them and hating just all the the situation they're in, dump it onto Gaius and and blame him for like, why didn't you do more? You're the fucking you're the chosen smart boy. Mm-hmm. You're the one around them. You you must have been more at fault than it seems. Sure. Sure. They've all faced trauma. They can all behave irrationally at times. And uh, yeah, and I'm, and look, I'm not saying Gaius doesn't deserve, you know, to, to maybe be roughed up a little, yeah. a little bit yeah. and scrutinized. Sure, that's totally fine. I, uh, yeah. I'm on <laughs> board. Take your licks, Gaius. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, he, he was in a, he was in a, definitely in a weird spot. But, but anyway, the idea of drugs comes up because none of this stuff works. So we're going to uh-huh. do some drug induced. And and they bring him, they wheel him in, and um, he's like, "Please, sort of whimpering, please help me." And um, this bring really, out the MK Ultra. Uh, <laughs> this really puts your Hippocratic oath doctors in a in a bit of a pickle, doesn't it? Ooh, it sure does. And and yeah. I do like that it kind of comes up. I like that the um, I don't know if she's uh, some sort of corpsman or medic or something in there. I can tell she's not cool with any of this shit and i like how he's like you're 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 doing this for your own fucking pleasure like yeah no i love i love how much performance wise like you can just tell that coddle is just uncomfortable yes. with the entire thing like he is he is not a fan of it he you can tell he thinks it is very unethical and shitty but he's like just reluctantly going along with it can god even pity such a creature without free will damn damn six Damn. Yeah, Six was harsh this episode. Yeah, she's being tough on him. And he's like, you know, they hold his head and they fucking hit him with a needle. It's, it's pretty instant. And that's when Connell's like, all right, and he's under. They head strap him and that's when they start this really fucking trippy interrogation. 
Dude, I, I do love the visual of him floating in the dark, just completely black pool, but with the light always on his face, like as if it's being shined directly there, because it is. It's like some get out shit. <laughs> it is. Like it's floating in nowhere while he's hypnotized. The sunken place. The sot's what it's called. I was going to say upside down, but that's Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the sunken place. He's just sort of chilling, and it is. It's a cool Rosalind's visual motif. Fucking stirring her tea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's always an old old white lady. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Also, one moment of weird, jarring editing in this episode, which honestly, Battlestar doesn't usually ever throw me on. Like I've I've, very rarely have any times where I'm like, "Oh, that was a weird edit." But this one was, dude. When we cut into that really great shot of Gaius, you know, laying there floating in the pool, and the camera's pulling away from him, and he's just getting smaller and smaller laying there with the light on his face, hard cut over to this very brief exchange with, with Lee mm-hmm. and Starbuck uh, and talking about like, well, you know, this is that moment where he's like, well, you're going to change your mind. You know, this isn't just some, some dog fight that we can jink our way out of. You know, this is, this is our, our marriage as we're fracking talking about here. Cut back to Gaius. And yeah, then that whole storyline. Yeah. And I was like, that was, we-. it's like they forgot that they had that other storyline going on. Like, oh, well, we got to touch it back in here somewhere. Or throw in 20 seconds of it here. <laughs> I was like, that was weird. Kind of threw me, but all right. Yeah, yeah. On to um, the good part of the story, though. Yeah, t- talk to me about this. He starts, he finally says Caprock is six. Now that's something. Yeah, dude. She Oof. saved my life. That, Shielded I mean, me it. from the explosion. He just admitted something that, you know, Rosalind was highly suspecting of, but nobody else knew at all. The idea that he had contact with a six Cylon on Caprica. Yeah, this That's is it. awesome is though because this it's confirmed that he talked to her, but it's but but not nothing more. Yeah, to because, be honest, because Rosalind dives right in on this and asks, "Right, were you trying to subvert our defense system? Mm-hmm. Were you were you conspiring?" And he's like, "Conspiracy requires intent." Mm-hmm. And again, this is this is Gaius Baltar, even under right. you know, this, this bizarre, you know, intense hallucinogenic drug that makes you feel like you're dying and you're alone he still had enough wherewithal to resist and say no to that and say no. I think he gets, I think his answer is great here. I think him That's saying, really I, I love this. I love him saying conspiracy requires intent. I like that I said I was deep down, I always had a suspicion. That's okay. Right. That doesn't right. make a suspicion you- suspicion of up. her. Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, and this is one of those times where it's just totally my own like desire. Like it's not like a problem with the writing, but I wanted so he badly- He says, no, I didn't conspire. Sorry, go ahead. Right, right. I, but I wanted so badly for him to say that she used me. Like, it, I, she might have used me to do this, but she used me. I have, I was a victim of this manipulation. Like, I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they used me to access this stuff behind my back. Right, absolutely. And I'm like, guys, just tell him. Just tell him, guys. Yep, absolutely. And, um, yeah, part of me wonders, though, if that, if that, if 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 admit I don't know I, I think that's enough for them to go on. If he does though, it's almost like is is incompetence uh, is that punishable? I mean, it's it's funny, you know. He's a civilian guy that got duped. Maybe maybe your fucking defense mainframe shouldn't be this accessible by one guy. You know. <laughs> True. Yeah. It's, you know, you it, have a fucking you know synchronized key turn at least. Come on. Yeah, exactly. You you, you got to get the, the, the first officer and the XO to turn the missile key, you know? See, there you go. What, what is this fucking defense matrix that you have down there with some guy with a bag of Cheetos can just lean around the corner and be like, yeah, there it is. Yeah. 
There and, it is, hot and lady. He says, "Look, she chose me. Chose me over all men. That's an interesting way to say it. it Chosen to really be seduced, is. taken by the hand, um, guided between the light and the dark. And this is all now. Now, if, now, what I like about this is that there are like all these fucking drugs. But exactly right. You know, you know, Adam was like, ah, he's just off on his hippie gobbledygook now. <laughs> Is she Flower an child bullshit. <laughs> he, he, yeah, remember he had his encounter in the back of a pool van once? He might be. I <laughs> <laughs> guy might be hip to this, dude. <laughs> but you know, Adama's the type of dude. He's like, nah, just weed, bro. Yeah. I don't go into my mind. Just hit me with that cannabis boss. A little THC has set me right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, angel or demon? Dude, one of my favorite lines of this entire episode. And as much as I was bitching about it being, you know, teasing, I actually love this tease in this episode where he's like, you know, I can't tell what she is. You know, is she am I, am I insane? Is she just in my head? Is she my own voice or the voice of? And then he sinks into the water, mm. and we don't hear what it is. And he comes back up saying, "I don't think I can stay above the water much longer." Yeah, and we never find out. And that does come back a little later in this episode, briefly. That's one thing I like about the the tension of this. It really worked for me on an initial viewing. I remember sitting back and going, oh, boy. Like, once they hit him with the drugs, I was like, oh, man, my guy's going to get caught. <laughs> you in it? I know. I was. I, right? I totally, I was 100% going back to fucking True Lies and fucking Schwarzenegger. Like, yeah, I, they were all bad, though, yeah. I was like, you're going to be all fucking Schwarzenegger drunk? You're going to spill the beans? I'm going to use him as a human body shield. Yeah. <laughs> Young spy with the hot wife. But this is when they get in, this is when they get into some of the other stuff. Um, uh, I got to tell, I got to tell you this, this, it's, it's at about the 29, 20 second mark, 29 minutes, 20 second. Don't leave me. I never claim to be. Yeah, mistakes. Mistakes were made. Terrible mistakes. Were they mine? Question mark. Am I solely to blame? Question mark. I was a player. That's all. I was a player. I was struggling, trying to find my place in God's plan. In God's resolve, I never intended for certain things to happen. Doesn't that matter? And mm-hmm. Rosalind has tears in her eyes. Yeah. What do you think, man? Ah, oh, boy. Well, for one, I'm... I am unclear. When he first started, you know, saying that, like I was just a player, I thought he was talking about being back on Caprica and like the the whole just initial he might meeting. Be. We don't know. He he might be, but no. But he goes on when he when he starts going into like I just wanted to figure out where my place was in God's plan. I'm like, oh, that's not Caprica, Gaius. That that Gaius didn't. Uh, Get find religion until a lot later, and it makes me wonder if he's he's thinking more about uh, things that he's done recently. Or he's talking about like I I was trying to because like, I feel like that the 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 real tension within Gaius at this point as a character is him trying to essentially at least for head six fulfill whatever this Cylon prophecy is because we also we got to remember there's a lot of fucking threads going on here, but. He and Head Six are still both in the the belief, and I, I suppose it. I guess it's true. We don't really know. It's not confirmed yet. But the belief that the hybrid baby is actually theirs, like that's like this fulfillment of the Cylon prophecy, and it's truly theirs, even though it came out of Sharon. Um, and so he's trying to balance fulfilling a Cylon prophecy and finding his place within it, and still not traitoring the human race like still not betraying us and trying to like find some weird balance point there like like he's the one person who i wouldn't even call it dual loyalties but is trying to 
find this middle path. Uh, and that's what I feel like he's talking about there. And and as far as Rosalind's reaction to it, I think this is maybe one of the first moments where she's like, "Oh yeah, you really are just like a person. <laughs> you're, like, yeah, you're, you're a human yeah. being." Wow, I didn't, I forgot. Right, right. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, and that's when I like Adama's resolve here to press him on the intel of the temple. Mm, what did it tell you about Earth? Nothing. But he does bring up their faces, but they wouldn't show them to me. Right, the yeah, final five, would, and they're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. That's and dude, it. one thing we haven't talked about in forever, the note that Adama got way back uh, mm-hmm. be, where that told him that there are 12 models. Um, so that, and we still don't know who gave him that note. Um, that is that is still a question up in the air, um, which to be honest, there, there are parts of me going, was it maybe Voltar? Was that possible? Like that's, that's seeming more and more possible. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this, this, so this is the first new bit of Intel they've had in a long time mm-hmm. about remaining Cylons in their identity or, and, and the, the fact that, and I guess they probably couldn't figure out from here that even the Cylons don't know what the final five are because, that, but I mean, I guess you could kind of, in a way you could almost infer that because of, they had to go to a temple and mm-hmm. seek out a vision in order to find the other five. So it's like, the, this is kind of the first time they're hearing that it's a mystery even to them. Good point, man. And I like this. I like it's actionable intel that Adam is going for. Whereas 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 Rosalind's almost going for an admission of guilt. It it seems that as far as as far as Adam is concerned, he's guilty. He doesn't care because he offers a pretty terrible proposal coming up here, which is which is a kind of a strike against the man as far as I'm concerned. And I love Adama. But he doesn't care about he's not interested in hearing guys admit anything. He even tells Rosalind after this. He's never going to, you know, in his mind, he believes what he's saying. Right. Which, yeah, yeah. which is fascinating because I thought that there was a measure of respect to be had there. And then he's like, if he, he could still disappear, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> it's not too late. But, um, but this is, Adama is less interested in the guilt because as far as he's concerned, they're never going to get it. He's more interested in, in intelligence and in data that can be used. Right, right. He wants to, and because I think for him again, it's it's the military issue of what do the Cylons want. We're still trying to we're still trying to piece that out. They, we know they're seeking Earth now. How much how much further along that path are they? Yeah, man. He doesn't want to mess around with a survival of the fleet. That's his goal. Exactly. But yeah, the final five Cylons. I thought I might be one of them. He admits. Oof. And we still don't know. I told them I wanted to be one of them. A Cylon. Why? Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love that she asks, and he says, "All my sins were giving a new, begi- <sighs> a new beginning." Right, and that that is an answer that nobody could. I, I, how could you feel jaded towards that? That is that is an alluring prospect. I mean, even the I, I think especially the people in the room who fucking hate Baltar, hate him, could still imagine being in his position. This person with all the strikes against him and being like, "Yeah, that's tempting." Some the people could. Like, some people couldn't. Yeah, that's true. Some that people true. are just like, well, I would have taken my own life. Yeah, I, I am the honorable person, no matter what. <laughs> I assume, having never been in that position ever. It, 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 no, but it, but yeah, some some people some people still take that position. I, it's it's funny because there there's a moment where it's like there's part of me there, there's a part of me who thinks what would I have done in guys' position, and and there's part of me who likes to think I would be like this noble, brave, heroic person. But at the same time, especially with the allure of companionship, I'm not sure I would because, and here's, and here's the big thing 
Here's a big thing I don't think we ever talked about when we were talking about guys back on New Caprica. And it's something I'm thinking about right now as we're discussing it. And it's this, which I kind of hinted at at the beginning. Gaius, Gaius's presence there wouldn't have made life any worse or uh, it wouldn't have been worse. Um, what am I trying to say? If he died or didn't die, those humans were still going to be tormented by their silent cappers on New Caprica. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like guys is like, I have the piece of information. That's the main puzzle to the whole thing. And if I, and if I die, that code to access this crazy computer thing is, you know what I mean? Right. Right. That, like he's not some linchpin to making everything work. Or right. Fail. There's like nothing. His presence to the Cylon plan is kind of irrelevant. It's, it's more like a personal interest in him. They have like a, like an yeah. experiment. There's something about him, obviously uh, special as far as they're concerned, as far as six is concerned. Right. So yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting to think it, it's not, it's not like if you're watching Crimson Tide and, uh, and, uh, you know, Denzel Washington's like, I'm not giving you the fucking missile key and you can beat me all day long because I know that as long as I have it, you cannot launch ICBMs. Yep. Not ICBMs, but, but yeah, ICBMs actually. Yeah. Right. Nuclear launch missiles right out of the fucking boomer. He's like, no, you're not, you can't. It's not yeah. like they're like, we have the keys and well, <laughs> It's 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 different because it's. I'm not sure the stakes change with Gaius alive or dead there, and there might even be an argument that he mitigated some of the damage, despite being uh, I think so. yeah. being forcibly used to sign paperwork that was irrelevant because they'd kill them anyway if right. they wanted to. It's since when do the Cylons care about the convention of slaughtering people in mass? They sure did when they attacked the colonies. What difference does it make if they get his signature or not? Because it's a statement. Because they're trying to break him, right? Mm-hmm. God, it's almost like it's almost like people just love a scapegoat. <laughs> Weird. I, I never thought. I just never have seen anything else in humanity that made me think people like to scapegoat their problems on a very simple, you know, a tangible thing instead of something abstract and complex. Coming up <laughs> on uh, WKRPLSG nineteen ninety is the Geist Baltar, the Geist Baltar Apology Hour. Right after Love Line. I'm so very sorry. <laughs> I'm Sweaty sorry. And just just a bunch of supercuts. I'm sorry. It's not my fault. Shelly Godfrey. <laughs> just all, all of the cream. <laughs> I'm the so cream. very sorry. <laughs> I'm a person. <laughs> just, just a supercut of all the crazy shit he said over time. I'm not a number. I'm a man. <laughs> Oh God. oh God! It's Shelly Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, fuck, man, Gaius. Oh, uh, our poor boy, Gaius. Yeah, dude. But he doesn't. Uh, what do you think of his vision of the fucked up people pushing him back down in the water? A lot of this, um, a lot of this sort of baptism type of imagery here. The water. Yeah, to, and again, I thought of that as being this representation of his of his true actual guilt about what happened to Caprica and all of the people lost and burned up and nuked. I mean, cause that's the other thing that they, they, so yeah, I feel like Gaius's big plea in that moment when he's being dragged down the nine 11 Memorial hallway uh, and holding out this person. who's he's like, I was the godfather of their, their child and everything of saying that I'm a person who cares about the loss of these people just as much as all of you. Like I, I'm not, I have not sided myself with the Cylons. I, I was, among them, and, and maybe I was being used by them, maybe I was using them, I was there, but I am still a human being who, who feels sad about this loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a, that's a really cool way of showing 
that part of part of him hoping to be a Cylon is like, God, maybe at least assuages the guilt a little bit of like, well, I was a Cylon and that was my programming. Like, at least that. I, I'm not a, a, the singular person who was the greatest Benedict Arnold of all time and got almost my entire race killed. Sure. <laughs> like, that's, that's a real heavy burden, yep. uh, as we can see. Erica asks, do you think that people watch this and agreed with everything they're doing to Gaius with no sympathy at all for him? Maybe. Yeah, actually, I do. I really Taylor do. Galloway. <laughs> <laughs> How could I forget? That's Dude, awesome. when they when they were like when they were getting ready to fucking pull him out, and they were like, "Well, maybe we should Siriana his fingernails a little bit." Taylor was like, "Yes, hell yes!" <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. People have for sure. Um, one of our one of our listeners and members, Taylor, um, has a lot of gripes. <laughs> has a lot of gripes with guys, and I, and I want to this this isn't this isn't uh, I, I'm not trying to besmirch him. Because he had really good laid out and salient points about all this stuff. So I don't want to just make it sound like he was a fucking moron. I didn't agree with him. We didn't end up agreeing on it. But we respected each other's opinions. And I think he had some good thought out ideas about the whole thing. In fact, uh, Erica, if you're on the Facebook page, you could probably go back and look at some of those exchanges. Uh, We had a little little fencing, a little little verbal fencing. uh, All in good fun, (laughs) of course. But yeah, he had... uh, I, I am not I am I am not here to to uh, run my mouth about a guy who can't defend himself. I, I he had ideas, I had ideas. We didn't agree, and and that was the end of it. And I respect him. I thought he was uh, I thought he was well spoken, but he's kind of in a hole right now. He's a little depressed about um, some of the writing choices of Game of Thrones. So let's not pig pile on Taylor Galloway tonight. Let's give <laughs> he's him. Got a, he's having a rough time over there. Let's give him a reprieve. Let's give him a reprieve. But you know, I, mean, I think his main issue with him, if I to kind of just summarize, oh, dude, I uh, don't remember. You're gonna bring it up? I don't know. I'll, I'll say it was just basically that he kind of saw him as like a, a man with no loyalties, like I'm just a total man without a country, like trying to stay a out betrayer, of betrayer. You know, yeah, but he's a, he's, a, he's the ultimate betrayer. Yeah, right. The great betrayer, and and the betrayer in the sense of like he didn't even care one way or the other. It's like I'm just looking out for myself 100. percent I don't even feel guilt about humanity, and you know, and I feel like. Like like we've been talking about this vision of the the dead children pushing it back under is it shows that he does have guilt about it. Right, I concur. Um, I've, I I forgot how this whole interrogation played out when we were talking last. But um, let's let's get to some of the discussions between the uh, the, the 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 main characters here. After Leaz is stupid, I can't find my ring. Bullshit! Fuck you, you fucking <laughs> I'm cry a drunko and I lost my jewelry. You get it together. You're the fucking cap. Uh, tag, excuse me, cap. He's not in, the just in he's the not hallway. the combat air patrol uh, himself. He's the co- commander of the air group. <laughs> I am in a world of cap. <laughs> Oh, Final five sign yeah. models, five pillars of the temple, right? For the five priests Dude. devoted to the one whose name cannot be spoken. Dude, is she my own voice or the voice of blank? Mm. The name that cannot be spoken. Fuck, who is that? <laughs> what is that? God? Themself? Who knows? Dean, if this show doesn't end with a fucking Admiral Dama punching literal God himself in the face, and I'm not mm. satisfied, that's it. They have set me up. They have set my expectations that high. I need to see it. I'm expecting to see the fucking face of God on this show. Yep. <laughs> All right. I'm prepared not, for disappointment, not, I guess. Not giving you anything, pal. <laughs> um, I, I, can, I can share with you what some of my thoughts. See, see this is where 
this is where the dynamic of the show becomes very interesting because I've seen it and you haven't. But I do recall my thoughts after watching this episode, um, especially after hearing guys say, God, God, God. So what I'm going to do is share with you what my initial ideas were for this when I first watch it. I'm not going to tell you if they're right or wrong because it, sometimes by not saying anything, I'm saying something. So I think I'd, I'd best just to say something, which was what I thought at the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I got you. I thought to myself, isn't the show interesting that we have always had this God versus gods? It appears the Cylons discuss a god, and it appears that the colonials discuss many gods. And a lot of those mm-hmm. gods, gods are based off of, as we've learned in, um, as we learned on Kobol, which is a really amazing moment in the show, which was the astrological signs: Sagittarius, Sagittarius, yeah. Toron, Taurus, right? And I started to think about these old gods. And then I thought, what was sort of the end of those gods? Jesus. What does Gaius look like? <laughs> cool Jesus. Dude, that's That was my thoughts at this point in the show. I, that's, a, that's fair, man. I mean, that's, yeah, like the death of Roman polytheism was that fucking rabble rouser in Palestine. <laughs> that fucking hippie stirring everybody up. Oh, yeah. you could be saved too, fucking hippie. That was my shit at this point, and I wasn't even fucking, I wasn't even smoking weed. I wasn't doing anything, man. I was sober <laughs> as October, man. That's it. So I don't know oh, what shit. happened. I don't know if that plays out or not. You'll have to keep watching. Um, but I remember thinking that at the time. Yeah, I mean, I have, this episode was a striking, like, wow, you kind of look like Jesus. <laughs> right. right. There are moments. <laughs> We are getting there. White Get Jesus. It. it looks like white Jesus. <laughs> try not true. to try not to try not like to offend Jesus. me, okay? <laughs> but this is where Thomas like he's holding <laughs> he's holding back. Then maybe we should resort to more direct methods. Well, you have my vote. I'm tired. I can burn my <laughs> Let's get out the brass knuckles and soften them up. <laughs> like a fucking film noir interrogation. They're just beating his oh. guts in. <laughs> oh, dude. You know he would just have a cigarette hanging yeah, out of his lip yeah. and just a fucking wife beater while he's just dude. working his ribs. Yes. <laughs> the wife beater, the swinging light above doing that cool <laughs> trick with the lighting. Right. And, and wait for it. The hulking shoulders that come out of that wife beater are just covered in hair. Adama, Adama is the one holding, you know, arms up under fucking uh, Gaius's arms, just holding him there so he can pound on him. And then he comes, you know, once he lays off the beating, he, he's the one who's the good cop. Super hairy knuckles, super hairy shoulders. So of, of hairy. That puncher, you know what I mean? Like little pieces, like little pieces of carpet samples just glued to his shoulders. You're gonna talk. Purr. Purr, purr. <laughs> huh, you I'm so very sorry. Think you're a smart guy? Take us for a bunch of morons. <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> just pounding his guts out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> College boy. Yeah, absolutely. But um, she's like, we got to make his, we got to ease his fear. We got to use the carrot, not the stick, right? Isn't that what she says here? Yeah, she's like, we've already tried the stick. We were threatening to throw him out of an airlock. We, you know, we put, we put him in fucking MK Ultra for a while. And, uh, it's, it's time to try and offer up something better. Good, tempt him. Yeah. Um, this is a great scene, though, dude. I fucking love it. You talking Gaius and, and Gaeta? Yeah, baby. This is this is probably my favorite scene of the of the episode. There are other singular shots and stuff that I really enjoyed. Also, we didn't talk about. Actually, my favorite scene is when Lee's crying to D, but 
Sure. Oh yeah, it's so good, so compelling, mm-hmm. uh, interesting. Uh, but no, dude, that that moment early when he was still under the drugs and the uh, the assistant or the corpsman backs up and accidentally knocks over some pans and to Gaius they turn into like thunder and lightning yeah. in his vision. Ah, oh, that was so good. Like that was fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all I want to say about it. But this is my favorite scene of this, show, of this episode. So excellent. Talk to me. And, and again, this is that this is Gaius being the smartest guy in the room that we have haven't gotten to see in a while. Gaeta comes in with his, you know, charts and calculations about the the, the direction to Earth. And Gaius is immediately like, Well, you know, your mouth is a little bit off. Let's go ahead and fix that. Like he's just like in, after looking at it for two seconds. Yep. Before that, Gaius is is like they they got me to admit my failings. Uh, in my mind, I always know uh, he says I'm like, I've always known that I'd done what i had to do because just because the editing with lee is just so annoying it's it's so so jarring because it's there's no like i get it we got people sort of admitting to certain realities but it but thematically i'm just like stop interrupting the important shit with your (laughs) bullshit (laughs) with this high school drama shit you should have gotten past god yeah exactly i fucking i don't need to watch dawson's creek again let's go <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, gotta get some good shit. Yeah, but he's like, I can't promise you trial, but I can assure you, you know, blah blah blah. Well, they keep cutting back and forth. It's so fucking annoying. But yeah, the math. <laughs> I've never been con- confident in my calculations. And immediately, like you said, guy, she's like, yeah, well, that's lucky because these calculations are wrong. And he immediately <laughs> starts correcting them. <laughs> that is it. And he, he, I think, he even says he committed some of these Cylon algorithms to memory. Yeah. I'm like God, you. How quick is he noticing Gata? Gata's. Oh man, yeah. He notices. You know what's a fatal up. a fatal flaw in this? Why did they tell Gata there was a camera in there? Never should have told him. He yeah. shouldn't even know about it. They should have just put a camera in and said, "All right, you go and talk to him and offer this, <laughs> offer this kind of you know uh, a package of this is what we'll give you if you work with us instead of threatening and then tell us what he tells you, not letting him know that we'll be listening the entire time anyways. Because mm-hmm. Gata, I mean, as competent as an officer he is. He's not a fucking spy. Wait, he he's was though. <laughs> was he an actual spy? Well, he's well a I mean, double on agent. New Caprica. Yeah, on New Caprica. Yeah, but I'm like, he wasn't trained as a fucking spy. They're probably like, like put some know. of that fucking put some of that field operative work to work, you ding dong, and don't look up <laughs> yeah. at the ceiling. And don't look up at. <laughs> it's like the like fucking actor in like a shitty movie looking at the boom mic above their head constantly. You're like, dude, you can't do that. Come on, breaking <laughs> the fourth wall. In case, like, if you could offer any kind of help, I could probably get them to spare your life. Maybe we can even get you out of the cell and into some proper quarters. And isn't that where he's like, creature comforts? That's when he knows, <sighs> get a fucked up. It. Oh, yeah. Because now, oh, yeah. now I know you're lying. You've lied. You fucked up. This is a lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> creature, creature comforts. Also, that's the clincher. <laughs> that's the clincher. And also just the fact that like he's annoyed by the idea of like you guys have been threatening my life and now that you think oh uh, well, you're still going to be in prison forever but we'll give you a little bit of a nicer cell. Isn't that nice? <laughs> he's like yeah wow. Fuck you too by the way. This is the moment where Gaius knows he's won. Oh yeah. It's fucking done. I mean his his demeanor changes and and all of them in the interior room, like fuck, <laughs> tie so much for that little stratagem. Uh, I just love that line where he's like, "Where is it?" And Gator's like, "Where's what?" And he goes, "Where's what?" <laughs> yeah, uh huh. And just looks straight up and sees it. Ah, uh. and boy, does he do- use this opportunity to do the Gaius thing? I should have oh, known man. that you'd have betrayed me. That you stayed behind till the you know the the grisly end. 
And that's when he's like, oh boy. Because he knows now that they're listening that he's going to. He's, going he's got to, him as an audience. He's yeah. going to push Gata. That's he's going to so take good. some heat off of him with some lies that aren't wrong. Or, or, some, or some words that aren't necessarily wrong, right? Right. But the, yeah, the, the one, the issue that gets tricky is where he's like, nobody forced you mm -hmm. to play both sides. Yeah, dude. And that's one of those things where I'm like, that could be a lie. And if it is, regardless, whether it's true or not, it's smart to say here to cast a little more doubt on this guy in the room. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, how? I'm not sure if Gata could have played both. So, I mean, he it technically was in the sense of the the Cylons. I'm sure didn't think he was straight up feeding the resistance, or they would have killed him. Um, but at the same time, he was pretty much working solely for the resistance. But I also very much believe uh, Gaius when he's like, "I knew what you were doing, and I allowed it to happen, and I could have alerted them, and mm -hmm. I didn't." And that's yeah. absolutely true. Yeah, and and you know, there's it is an interesting it is an interesting question that nobody's really asked. We just right. sort of accepted it because of the way he feels about Gaius. He's always admired him. And it's very possible that Gaeta, being opportunistic, took that as an opportunity to keep himself alive. And yes, he did do good things. He was he did awesome shit. He did shit that made us yell at those assholes that were trying to kill him, right? Because oh, he had the yeah. balls to, to put himself on the line and risk things. And that's awesome. Was that his oh, yeah. plan the whole time? Who knows? Tough to say. It's, it's possible. Mm -hmm. You could apply the same logic to Gaeta. I mean, to, to, you could apply the same logic Gaius is applying to Gaeta. You could apply to Gaius kind of, which is maybe you felt like you could have done something more from that side of the fence than the other side of the fence. That's always probably what Gaeta thought. Gaius is obviously bringing in the uh, gun to the back of my head factor. That's a factor. You didn't have one pressed to your head, did you? Right. I love that he finally brings that up, that he finally says that in front of them. Of like, guys, yeah, remember, co uh, constant threat of death constant mm -hmm. there are worse things than being a traitor aren't there aren't do your friends know about this and that he pushes gata to take action against him uh, and i, I want to get your perspective on this do you think he pushes gata here purposefully to try yes. to get gata to attempt to kill him yep i don't yeah. think he expected to get stabbed in the neck with a pen though i think he expected gata to 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 beat on him and he was just gonna sort of take it and and get martyred <laughs> right, and they would you know come into the room and get him off of him. I think he's trying to get sympathy, and I think it's working. Um, I don't think he expected that pen to hit him in the neck. <laughs> that's a pretty, yeah, I was like, ooh, that's a little more than anybody <laughs> probably wanted. <laughs> yeah, for sure. By the way, um, Adama just socks Gata out. Whack. Ooh, such a straight fucking boxer <laughs> blow. He just, just blasts him in the head. <laughs> hey, Gata died. His head hit the metal. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of like after this gate is just fucking all like TBI in like a wheelchair and just like drooly. <laughs> like, oh, I'm really sorry about that gate. I don't even know why I'm apologizing. You can't understand me anymore. I hope the Galactica has ramps. <laughs> oh, fuck. Mm. Damn, dude. But fuck. He lives. It misses the artery. Yep. And he gets to get a cushy hospital. Kicks bed. off the heel, slides into bed. <laughs> Tough life that guy says. Legs. Tough life when Caprica 6 slips under your hospital covers. <laughs> He's going to give the old Cylon suck off. I like when he's like, I am the chosen one. Mm -hmm. You're not one of the he's five, she says. You certainly have the luck of the gods. And that's when he says, well, I am the chosen one. Damn. <sighs> right? Which could mean, I mean, I, I think it's true in the sense that like, 
he doesn't have to be a Cylon to be the chosen one. Mm. It, it seems like it seems like they are trying to bridge kind of like what you were, you know, your initial theory when you first watched us talking about like what ended the reign of the polytheists. Maybe the Cylons are trying to not necessarily end it, but bridge it in some weird way mm. with a chosen human. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he's not a Cylon, he is still certainly a protected human by at least one Cylon. I mean, she's like, you didn't tell them that, did you? There's a concern there. Right, right. She did not want that aspect getting out. Which means something. It, it means something. Still, fuck if I know. Again, this is where I started to get frustrated again. I was like, oh, God, we still don't know. Like, we still uh, obviously, obviously, Head Six wants him to believe this because it's oh, either yeah. A, true, or B, false. But... Regardless of whether it's true or false, she wants him to believe it. Otherwise, right. she would have said, Regardless stop, of, stop talking gobbledygook, right? Right. Regardless of what it means, he is still of, of pivotal importance in some way. She would not still be helping him and manipulating him and using him and just being around him so much. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a choice going on here. I, I like the moment with, with the president where she says, I actually admitted to him that I didn't want to see him in pain, but I was willing to see him endure a great deal of pain. I, I like this reflection on her own personal morality. It wasn't right? some Finally. intelligence or some truth, yeah, which is yeah. the difference between her and Adama, right? I wanted an admission of guilt. She admits it as much here. Yeah. A lot of, uh, an episode of the admission of, of, of harbored feelings. That's the theme, I guess, of this week's episode. Totally. It's going yeah. all around, right? Lee D, Kara, Starbuck. I know. It was such a revelation. I had no idea they felt this way about each other until this episode. Um, yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm pumped that we're still doing that thing. That's fun. Still doing it. Still fun. <laughs> still. Hey, though, real quick, it. it's not black market, though, is it? <laughs> it sure is. Wait isn't. a minute. Lee oh, has a so girlfriend, and he's fighting organized crime poorly. <laughs> and they didn't just send a, an assault team in to waste all those fucking idiots. Go into their smoky fucking noir show standoff. Go right into their... Yeah, what happens if in a military society there's organized crime? Oh, that's right. They just go in and waste them all. Just crush it. There we go. Due process. Yeah, okay. Oh, oh, I also like the uh, the little the little hand touch from Rosalind here in this scene. Uh, this this show has kind of let us forget about that. I'm like, there's a, there's a budding ro- romance still kind of happening oh, here yeah. between these two. Don't He's see sitting much on her bed. She's laying in bed. That's yeah. a, that's a that's that's a that's a thing. Oh yeah, it's definitely if somebody's a- laying in a bed and you're sitting on the bed. That's a thing. <laughs> it is true. It's a thing. Fucking Marcellus Wallace knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Does he look like a bitch? Touch his wife's feet. <laughs> Shit, a foot massage. <laughs> oh fuck, that fucking movie's so good. Anyway, got this is we, where this is where Bill's like he sees himself as the victim, not the criminal, and that's where I thought, wow, he's gonna empathize with him. And then he just says, "It's not too late for him to disappear." It's like fuck, because uh, yeah, to him, that's an unchangeable like personality trait of they will see themselves as the victim all the time in every situation, no matter what, and you'll never get them to to concede any guilt or, or you know that they were mm-hmm. involved or made a bad choice. Uh, so he's like, well. Because we just go ahead and uh, fire him off. For all his crimes, he's one of us. She says, we can't do that. With an intimate touch of the arm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Boy, that was um, that was a good... Uh, Mary McDonald plays this well, doesn't she? Yeah, man. No, she's good. She's really, really she, good. She plays this episode well because she's kind of going through this whole thing. 
And then we see the, her respond to his interrogation and drugging, and we see it have a bit of an effect of, on her. And it ends up being almost profound. For her to admit at the end of this episode, Matt, that she is, that he is one of us, that's something. That's big. That's something. Yeah, it is. I mean, like she, for one, just sees him as a person, again, I think finally, who a person who can suffer. And not, not just, just a person. One of us. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, even just like, I think she had such a like hatred for him and, and just a, a, you know, just constantly distrusting of him that she kind of like forgets that like he's still a, a human being who can hurt and, and is involved with all of this. And mm. it, there's, it's still awful to make him suffer. Um, but yeah, like the fact that, yeah, he is one of us. He is not a Cylon. Uh, and we're going to, he has the right to a trial. And that's how and, that, and, this and, episode and, ends. And even just not a Cylon, but there's a time where she would have said, he is not one of us. He for he has forsaken his humanity. He he is a yeah. betrayer. I, I, I think this is a turning point for Roslyn. We shall see. Mm. As far as her overall behavior or just in the way she interacts with In the way interacts she with interacts with Gaius Balthar. But I also think... I'll, I, I, I'm willing to bet in her life she has never had this experience before. Does that yeah. mean it will change her fundamentally? It's possible. But I think it's certainly going to affect her future interaction with Gaius. Right, right. Even though they oof, they still get so little out of him here. And part of me wonders what she wants from the public trial. Uh, because for, for one, it's like, well, to we uphold have to the try. law. Huh? To uphold the law. Well, there's that. There's that. But it's also, I mean... To go ahead and send it to a public trial is to make it public that Gaius is here and that he, you know, you are going to have an uproar one way or the other of mm. people uh, who have pretty passionate feelings about Gaius, the former president, and when they were fucking occupied by the Cylons, being aboard and having a trial. And, and people, you know, God, I can imagine even assassination attempts and, and shit like this happening. You're, you are bracing for public discord when, you, when you're going to do this. Um, so she must think that for one, he has a right to it. I think she respects his right to that, you know, that that all of the, the citizens of this, of the 12 colonies get to have a trial in this situation. Yep. Uh, Cylons do not. She will airlock them, as we've seen. Oh, absolutely. Even if she'll even lie to them and be like, I'm not going to airlock it, but I will. <laughs> That's hard. Still going to do it. <laughs> Um, but I also think, yeah, she thinks maybe that that environment, like it being in a trial and, and, and trying to allow him to kind of defend himself, will maybe open up other avenues of information. Maybe he'll be more uh, willing or even just like different things will come to light when he's allowed to kind of defend himself versus like us just fucking turning the screws on him, trying to get information out of him. Yep, good stuff. Let's get some listener comments, Matt. Let's do it. I'm going to start with Brian Blake because he made the same observation Scott did. And he says, Baltar revealing he knew about Gata helping the resistance was fucking awesome. It had been long enough since I last saw this that I was genuinely surprised again, period. I'm going to editorialize here. Me too, Brian. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. Brian continues. Sadly, like the actually, sadly, like the actual Rihanna, D is shit at choosing partners. When is this lifetime funeral relationship bullshit over so I can like these characters again? Didn't Rosalind pardon everyone after she took office again? Apparently that doesn't extend to Baltar. Indeed, sir. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Who do you got, Matthew? Dig it. I'm going to do one from our old boy, Daniel Fouch. Dee-dee-dee. He said, <laughs> James Callis was amazing in this. What a comeback for Baltar. How he played Gata, uh, and uh, Gata was played at first rate as well. 
I have always thought that Gaeta has the most human of stories throughout the show. For a background character, he gets put into some interesting moral quandaries and makes difficult choices. I really like how the show asks us to look at his actions in a different way than was first presented. Tired of the love rhombus and just wanted to end. Mm. If Lee looks at Kara, who's looking at him while they're with other ones one more time, I think I'll be the one to wake up in the jello tank surrounded by sixes. <laughs> nice use Fair. of the ge- geometric term rhombus. Shout out for that shit. That's <laughs> the, some deep level nerd shit. As what we call in the, the science community, a crooked rectangle. That's what we call a diamond, I guess. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. A silly diamond. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's silly. I guess it's a silly diamond. Um, Tony Piccolo. Okay. Ooh. This episode, among many others, are some of the reasons I love James Callis in the role of Gaius Baltar. He is beyond brilliant and an amazing actor, and I love what he does with his character in this episode. We see him in a position of strength, a position of injury, a position of mental anguish, and more. It was great to finally see D lay down the truth to Lee, but I am sick of the Lee Caradiener's nonsense. Um, he says it, of course. And then he says, Matthew, I'm curious um, to know your thoughts on the following. Gaius Point Blank says in his drug-induced trance that he wishes he was a silent because it would mean all his sins would have been forgiven. He demands a trial, and at the end of the episode, it is said that he'll get his trial. What do you expect Gaius's plea to be in the trial if one occurs? What do you expect to be his main defense? Great Ooh. fucking questions. Excellent question. Um, I do for sure think he will plea not guilty. <laughs> I think that's that's for sure. Yep. Um, and damn, as far as his defense goes, woof. That's a tough one. I think there. I think there's a defense to be laid out. Um, and I, I think one of the main things to talking about the original, his original sin uh, with the Caprica attacks. Um, I think a big part of that would to to cop to basically cop to the fact that yes, I now realize I was the victim of some Cylon ploy, but that I was the victim of it. That yes, I was used by a Cylon, and they un you know unbeknownst to me got a hold of information that allowed for for some of this but as far as all of his new caprica stuff like what we've been harping on from the beginning i think he has to 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 lay out how much not in power he was that that most of these choices were out of his control and beyond him and he was being used as a puppet to put his signature on things um my defense would be i was a hostage forced under threat of death to sign papers that i had no control over what more totally. do you want me to say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think, I mean, honestly, it's a risky as fuck ploy to go with, with kind of basically admitting that, yes, I was in contact with a Cylon in Caprica. Like that, that's how, because you know Rosin's going to bring that up if this goes to trial. Um, but to bring that up and to admit that, uh, I think what gives, gives it a more, you, gives everything else you say a quality of, well, he admitted something pretty damning <laughs> and has a story to to make us understand it and how he wasn't you know being used but he admitted something still pretty damning you could even go on to say like you know i i hid that fact and i didn't talk about that because i didn't want to be seen and blamed as the person who did it when i was just being used by the per- by the cylon who did it um but i think that's a fear that he could you know use to kind of humanize himself a little bit in everybody's eyes again of like i was just afraid i was fucking scared yep erica says uh, referring to she bracket Rosalind wants a show to put him out on the stand. She thinks this is a slam dunk case. If it wasn't, I don't think she'd be quite as quick to agree to the decision. Mm, Interesting. I Interesting. I, I didn't agree, even though. consider that. 
Yeah, it's a good point. Yep, very good, good point. point. I think any, she thinks it will go her way. Any other comments, sir? Um, let's see. Oh, one kind, one kind of funny point from Michael Claudio. So, why was Rosalind interrogating Gaius? Does Galactica not have anyone <laughs> that has experience with this type of job? And we really think that Rosalind is going to get anything out of Gaius? Come on, Galactica, you can do better. <laughs> it's Star Trek syndrome. Yeah, I gotta have our mains in there. These yeah. are our mains. Yeah. He's my main dude. I don't play anyone else. He's I don't know if you guys main. know this, but Ryu is my main in Street Fighter Five. My secondary character is Zangief, uh, and, and my tertiary character is Dalisham. Okay, that's all. That's um, all. My main in Overwatch is May because I enjoy <laughs> taking I enjoy taking fun away from everyone else. Yes. 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 I call her Ice Bitch, but I kind of say it <laughs> sarcastically. <laughs> I like to prevent all fun from occurring with Ice Bitch. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I think we have overstayed our welcome, Matthew. See that? Almost two hours. <laughs> we didn't think we were going to have anything to talk about this week, but here we are. Nothing. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that uh, this is a lot of fun to discuss. The show always is fun to discuss. That's why, uh, of course, we would never fucking cancel this show. So, um, yeah. And someday we will have the entire series done. Imagine that, Matthew. Imagine oh, Beautiful. That. Wow. It'll only take 30 more years. Nah, we're getting there, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, nice. you guys have uh, have been a joy. Thanks, you. Thanks to everyone who turned up in the live chat. Thank you to everyone who took the time to participate. And um, we will see you in two weeks for the next episode in some sort of trial for our guy, Gaius. All right. Oh, Matthew, do me a favor. Think about it for a second, but not long. And tell these good people good night. I'm so very sorry.